from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. So, take two. Uh, this is All Politics with Jack Spillane. I apologize for our technical difficulties, but I'm, I'm going into the digital age, kicking and screaming. Um, with me here today is uh, Peter Barney, the retired assessor, longtime assessor of the city of New Bedford. Peter's a longtime friend and um, the first political analyst I encountered when I, I arrived in New Bedford 18 years ago. He knows more about New Bedford politics than most people uh, in the city, by far and wide, and he's going to talk to me about the two, with, with me about the Tuesday election, and I'm going to um, uh, play a little trick on him now by oh. running down the races and asking him for his predictions. Oh, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should, but I, I, I will. It's only, it's, only, it's a, only a prediction, a guess. It's only a prediction, a guess. It's a guess. It, and it doesn't mean who you want to win. No. It just means who you think is going to win based on what's been happening the last month or so. Right. And we have a number of unopposed races, so there are already shoe-ins to begin with. That's right. So it's just a question of about um, four races, five? Yeah, yeah, about that. About that. So we'll start with the big one, of course. Uh, 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 incumbent Mayor John Mitchell going for his fourth term and police officer Charlie Perry. Uh, with a strong challenge in the primary, finishing only six percentage points behind um, Mitchell. So now we have the final. What do you think uh, for the final? What's your prediction? Well, the mayor came back to the city and got his act together and got his campaign off the ground. And he probably will win this, I would think, regardless of the recent controversy of Mr. Perry. The fact is that the mayor does extremely well in Ward 1. He does extremely well in the western part of Ward 5. And those two areas enough will be enough to put him in. Definitely, because he's winning those areas by about two to one. Yeah. The, so ma- the mayor didn't it. seem like he had much of a campaign uh, before the primary. I don't believe he had any campaign before the, the primary. I don't think he did much of anything. I, I think he assumed that he was in again because his opponent didn't have much of a campaign either, and he didn't have a great deal of money, and Mitchell has money, and he has people around him, and he has a track record. And I think he was very much surprised uh, what happened. It must have been very interesting the, the uh, Wednesday after the primary in City Hall. Wouldn't, wouldn't you have liked <laughs> to have been a fly on the wall in the mayor's office? Uh, yes, I've been, in, I've been in mayor's offices when mayors didn't do very well <laughs> the day of the primary, and especially if they happen to lose the election. Yeah. It's like a morgue in City Hall. Everybody walks around on little cat feet because, boy, oh, boy, the boss is usually pretty uh, upset. Yeah. You know? But he should, he should pull this off. And you think he should pull it off because of his strengths in the one, one is a high tax area. Yes, uh, but he's, he won most of the precincts up there by close to two to one okay. to start with. It's a small turnout. It's really not a Charlie Perry area. Ward 5, the mayor lives in Ward 5. I think Charlie Perry does too. He does. But the mayor lives toward the western part, D, E, and F, and he did very well out there, two to one or a little better. So yeah. those areas are large voting yeah. turnout areas, and they'll give it to him yeah. probably. So th- those are what are co- commonly called the middle class wards. Um, middle class, in the city. upper class. Yeah. Um, they definitely vote. Uh, they care a lot about taxes. Um, not a lot you can do about taxes, but they do look at it. Um, but they also do go to the polls, and they're very educated as to what's going on, and they really do care. So. I think he'll pull that yeah. one off. On the other hand, Charlie mm-hmm. did very well uh, in Ward 4. He had a, a large turnout, perhaps even larger with the contested um, Ward race. And there were some precincts in Ward 3 around the airport. That's correct. He did well. He did well. And in Ward 2, there were some precincts he did well. And he did well down in Ward 6. Yes. I think four I of the precincts was, there. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think he owned two of them. He didn't win. I think the others um, the mayor took. But there were very small yeah. totals there. But why? Why wouldn't Charlie be able to expand that? That because I don't think he's space. had enough time. Yeah, he's yeah. he's only had thirty days. Yeah. Normally, the trick to winning New Bedford elections is you got to win the primary big. I've talked to him and uh, John Clark, his um, campaign manager. They are targeting some precincts. I know they were um, planning to go door to door in Ward Six. Uh, well, the Six uh, A and B, because yeah. he did well. He beat the mayor in one of those in the primary, and did not in the other one. So they're going to go down there because that feeds down from the south end of the city. Yeah. I would think they'd want to do something in Ward 1, even just to hold the mayor's lead in check up there. You've got to do something. You can't just concede them without doing anything. Yeah. I don't know if Charlie has enough money to do a postcard mailing or any kind of mailing. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be effective this year in some campaigns. Yeah, the teachers uh, seem to be very, uh, uh, at least some of the teachers, very active with uh, Charlie, some of the police. Uh, he has the endorsement of both the uh, police and firefighters' yeah. unions, and mm-hmm. he, uh, at the debate uh, at Gomes School, Last week, uh, many teachers were there uh, in support. And, of course, the mayor's activities with the military museum, with the rent charges for them, have not made them very happy. Certainly, a lot of the golfers who are up at the golf course, they're not going to be very yeah. happy. How many golfers are there, really? Though? Well, it's how many? But, but, it, but it's, we're doing so with such small numbers of voters that even a few people will make a big difference. That's mm-hmm. the real issue here. People that go out because they're really mad have a reason to go vote. They go vote. And that could be a small number. But you only had 9% turnout in the primary. And that's... Some precincts had like 20 people the whole day. So if you have that again, you're going to have very dedicated people who have an axe to grind coming wandering out to vote. And that's the kind of people that the mayor really has got to watch out for. So what do you you think, 55, 45? What what, what is this race? Well, the mayor would like that. Yeah, I think it's closer than that. I hate to make a prediction, but I think it's going to be closer than that. Remember, everybody who voted in the primary... It's probably going to vote again in the final. Absolutely. And that's that 51, 59, 49, or 52, 48. It's yeah. right in there. They're going to do that again. So if those numbers run the same, it's looking at that same kind it was of six spread. points in the primary. I thought it was closer than that. I thought it was 51, 40, 45. It could be no, wrong. I think it was a little closer to like 48. Yeah. But when, in any case, we're talking about numbers. Yeah. The fact remains, though, that it's very close. And those people are going to come back out. Uh, if they have a reason not to vote for the mayor, they're going to make that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, but he should be able to pull it off with the seven or eight make big precincts. He should yeah. be able to hold on to it. Now the mayor has a long list of accomplishments, but there also is um, uh, 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 discomfort and, and, and outright dislike of him in in some quarters. Is that the schools? Is that the police department? What's what's going on with that? Well, the, I'm not sure what the teachers are. I think there's a lot of undercurrent about uh, Dr. Durkin. Certainly, the four candidates running for the school committee, they have uh, basically all come out sort of against Dr. Durkin. And they've got to be listening to the teachers, and of course the mayor supports her. So right away, you know, the friend of my friend is my friend, etc. The enemy of my enemy. Mm, up we go. Uh, it's very difficult to figure that out exactly. The police, well, the police. Charlie Perry is a policeman, yeah. and I guess he's very well liked by a lot of them. And he's had a long record, 30 years, I believe. So that he gives he has friends there, and probably the fire as well. So, and also the other thing that goes on this year is it's six years. Mayoral terms in New Bedford tend to have things happen in the sixth year. You know, Rosemary Tierney didn't make it beyond six. Mm-hmm. John Bullard didn't make it beyond six. Mm-hmm. Way back in the beginning, Frank Lawler didn't make it beyond mm-hmm. six. Although they do have other examples. Fred Kalis was eight. He got eight. Jack Markey was 10. Well, 11. Jack Markey was exceptional. Yeah. Jack Markey had a huge family and a huge campaign machine. But even by the last two or three years of the Markey administ- campaign, the, the administration, 
his campaign people have slowly disappeared because you exhaust them. Times change, people change, the economy changes, people move away, they die. You know, George Rogers has gone through that certainly over the years. A lot of his people were older when he first ran, but they went off the scene later on. Jack Markey managed to have that happen. Uh, Brian Lawler couldn't do more than two years and nine months. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Fred, the last two years, things weren't as good as they could have been. We all know that. Uh, and so he was, he was ripe to be taken down. Scott Lang chose to get out. Lang chose to get out for reasons that remain his own. And I don't know what they all together are, but that's a reasonable decision if he felt that he had enough. Sometimes mayors in New Bedford tend to run out of steam in the end of that sixth year. They, they, when you first come in the office, it's brand new. There's plenty of things to do, things you want to change. You've got to organize departments. You've got to go through the taxes. You've got to learn how it works. It takes a year usually to learn the whole process of how government works. And you've got new plans, and you present, present new plans and new ideas and new construction. That's the first two years. And you get the second term because most of the time they'll give you a second term. Then, however, the projects that you've started have begun to mature. And what do you do next? And this year, the mayor has talked a lot about the jobs he intends to do at the industrial park, but that isn't happening right now. That's happening down the road. Uh, we don't have a railroad train. Everybody's been talking about that for 30 years. And every time somebody talks about it, it doesn't seem to get any closer. They did do track work, which is really good, but nobody gets, sees the benefit of that. The airport's going to have larger planes, but the average person in the city doesn't yeah. see the benefit of that. So it's hard to get these bigger picture items to come down to the average person in the street. Mm -hmm. how much it really affects them. How much do you think the MCAD complaint that came out uh, a week or so ago about Charlie Perry um, uh, accusing a popular figure, Chief Cadero, of um, racism and sexual harassment. Have, have we heard the last of that? Is there, is there more? Well, to be uh, Charlie Perry has opened up the door to more. He's basically made statements and he's made charges. But he has I, not backed them up yet. I know, that's what I'm getting at. He's going to have to do it sooner or later. I mean, they're, they're almost slanderous in some cases. You've got, to do, you've got to back them up. If you've got something, you've got to show it. Yeah. You just can't play the, play the game without showing your cards. Yep. And he has not yet shown the guides. Right. Now he says that's because he's appealing the MCAD complaint. Then, well, you know, let, all right. Let but, uh, everybody appeals everything. People yeah. never never get anything done. Appeals go on forever and a day. Yeah. So he probably is appealing it, and maybe that's correct. Has that hurt him uh, since it that came up? It probably out? has hurt him in some parts of the city. The parts that really like him or don't like the mayor, it's not going to affect them at all. They're sending a mm -hmm. message. And it's a message that we don't like some things that you have done, Mr. Mitchell. This is our message to you. You may win, but you've got to remember that we don't altogether like you. Do better. Mm -hmm. Or don't do it again. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. Well, after Donald Trump, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> loath to uh, predict who's going to win anything. But well, I know. I'm, that's why I didn't want to say anything. Since I'm putting you on the spot, I'll, <laughs> yeah, give, my predi I'll give my predictions also. Uh, okay. Again, they're not who I want to win. It's my predictions. It's predictions. And I think it probably would be like maybe 53-47, something like that. Yeah, we're Trump. not too far yeah. off. We're right yeah. sitting in the same, so it's the same area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so, that one. All right. So let's go to the, the four-year referendum next, which is another big uh, question on the ballot. Uh, in this one, Mayor Lang, whom we talked about a few uh, minutes ago, has gotten very active. Uh, Extremely um, active. Uh, made videos, uh, given interviews. Um, uh, my understanding is that New Bedford Forward, F-O-U-R-W-A-R-D, um, when they went, they assumed that Lang would be with them because he had been in favor of it. He had he been in the ran. past. Yes. Ran. But he was immediately not in favor of it, and um, he said uh, that he learned when he was mayor, you need to stay close to the people. So how, how do you see that one coming up? Well, th this all depends on how it plays into the mayor's race a little bit, because the mayor certainly wants it, 
and Lang, the previous mayor, doesn't want it. Now, they don't really seem to get along that well. No, they don't. <laughs> and uh, so therefore, it's now an interesting race to see if Lang's opinion and his actions carry more weight than the mayor's opinions and actions. And that's what we're going to have to find out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to pass or not. What's your hunch about that? Voters are generally inclined not to pass something. No seems to be the overriding feeling of most people. The only thing that passed with a yes was that CPA... Which I was very surprised at. at. But that's because, and I'll tell you why, they didn't know what it was. Uh Uh-huh. And they voted for it? They didn't know, you know? Because if you think there's that many people in the city that want to see their taxes go up, I've got another thing for you. They don't. They don't even understand what it was for. Although some would argue it was not a big tax increase. It's a modest amount. Yeah, but for the older people in the city who have limited incomes, it was a big tax increase. Now, they could apply for exemptions, and a number of them do, but it's still a complicated issue. Um, and I don't yeah. know if they've actually spent any money out of it yet. Okay. So you, you think this will go down? What would you? What would the percentages be? <sighs> oh God, it's, I think it's almost fifty-fifty. Almost fifty-fifty. Yeah, I think this is very close okay. for those who don't really know what it is, and those who do know what it is. Yeah. If they do know what what it is, and they want to get it out, they will come out in droves. Yeah. I find this one even harder to predict than the mayor's race. Oh, it is. And I would guess that it will pass only because it is so logical in. A lot of cities have gone in that direction. Mayor Lang's made a concerted effort. I think it depends well, on who gets out to vote. New Bedford is sometimes contrarian to yeah. the max. And they voted it down in the mid-90s. The, the mid-90s. So given a second right. shot, they may, right. I, 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 suspect the, the, I suspect it's more of a no than a yes. Yeah. I'm saying that it <laughs> will pass because um, the Community Preservation Act astounded passed. me when it, it passed. passed. But there was much less discussion of the Community Preservation right. Act than there has been of, of this. Well, I still yeah. think I think I think it's an, maybe a no on the fifty fifty one no as opposed to fifty oh fifty fifty point one to to, to no <laughs> to as to the, point yeah nine. I have a suspicion okay. this thing is going to carry. Mr. Lang yeah. carries a lot of weight when he talks. Yeah, and, and sure must have been a surprise to everybody yeah. when he suddenly got on the radio with his own paid ads. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. think that, um, and I like Scott Lang. I've known him a long time. He's a, a a very good man, as as is the mayor, as is Charlie Perry. But uh, I. I He's been so active criticizing an incumbent mayor that we haven't seen before yeah. that I don't know if he hasn't lost a little bit of his it, It's conceivably uh, possible. But, you know, my wife suggested something yeah. after listening to all this debate. She mm-hmm. says, why don't, why don't they make the mayor a three-year term? And you can only serve two three-year terms. Oh. So the first year you'd run with the city council. Then you'd run the off year the next yeah. time. Then you'd be back yeah. running with the city council. Yeah. You know, there have three. been mayors that were thrown out. George Rogers was thrown out after only one, one term. One term, and Brian Lawler and Brian was Lawler only two, 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 one and a half or something. Uh, one, one term and uh, nine months. Yeah, so yeah. The, it's not impossible, but we just oh, haven't no. seen it. Um, no, it hasn't happened recently. Uh, they tend to get they tend to get the first one, then they yeah. get the, they get the fir- they win the first one, they get the second one, and then the third one can be okay. difficult, and the fourth one can be very hard. So I'm going to say 54-46 on the four year because I think <laughs> people just look at it and they say, yeah, that sounds logical. Well, no, yeah. once again, if they're if they're voting to tell, send the mayor a message, they may be thinking they don't want to give this mayor the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to see. In other words, I think Mitchell's votes go to four years, and I think that um, Charlie's votes go to two years. But uh, you know, I'm not sure if I go that far. Yeah. I'm not sure that anybody's really equating Charlie on, on this yeah. issue that much. Yeah. So Okay, yeah. where do you want to go Okay, next? so let's go to, to um, the school committee next. Uh, that, that is well, a, Josh Amaral is going to win that, be re-elected. That, that's an, that's an that, obvious. But that is a race that really could determine uh, whether Pia Durkin uh, survives. Well, all four and, of them said they're not happy with her. So yes. it's really, she's, 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 she can't win for losing here. Yeah. Because any of them, any of the other three, or any two of the other three, are not going to be with yeah. her. I wonder if the unhappiness runs as deep with Colleen DeWicke as it does with some of the other ones. 
And even Josh Emeril, for that matter. I think it really runs strongest with uh, Rick Porter and um, John Oliver. Unhappiness or, f- or positive? Unhappiness. You think so? With, yeah. I, well, I don't know Because really. uh, Josh has struck me as someone who is definitely sensitive to the union's needs and uh, the point of view of protecting um, teachers' ability to teach in the classroom. But he also strikes me as a compromiser, somebody who works within the system. And, um, you know, I, I think DeWicky would be that way. But uh, I don't know she has run a very too. quiet campaign. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's, the hit. that's yeah. one of the problems with this whole thing. Yeah. Do you really know who they are? Yeah. You know Josh? Because Josh is very much a spokesman for yeah. the school committee. Yeah. He's on the radio a lot of times. He gets on with different issues. He talks a lot. He's, he's come from being the youngest member to, to, I guess he's still the youngest member, yeah. but he's become very outgoing and he's very personable and he knows a lot of the issues and he talks about them. He's a very impressive young guy. Yeah. The other three are totally unknowns. I don't know them. DeWicky lives up somewhere west of me, I think. I don't know where the other two gentlemen live. Yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, I, 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 I have to say, I don't know where, um, I know that uh, John Oliveri's children are in the Keith district, okay. so he would live in that part of the city, and Rick Porter, I do know, he lives um, uh, in that little courtyard uh, uh, down in the south end, um, so he, he lives toward the downtown area. I, I really have uh, no idea with this one, and yeah. I can't even predict it, because they could easily just go down one, two, three, four. When they oh. don't know what they're doing... When they don't have any strong opinion, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So if they get on one, two, three, four, four that would mean that, that, um, that Dewicky would be in and, and Porter, Porter would, would be out. out. Yeah, Porter has uh, done um, more advertising than anybody else. He's yeah. been on the radio. He has had visibilities with sign right. holdings, yeah. um, uh, active on social media. Yeah. You know, I, uh, it's very hard to tell with this because I don't think yeah. anybody really follows a school committee anymore. Yeah. I just don't see it. I don't hear anybody talking about yeah. it out and there. And the big thing is um, the retiring of Jack Nebrega. Talk about the end of well, a, that's a an legend. Era. Uh, that's that, an era. That is the end of an era. Yeah. And uh, I think indisputably the most influential uh, school committee member of the last 30 years. Oh, definitely. And, definitely. You know, there, there when he had his finger in everything. You know, and, but I wasn't surprised. I forgot if it was, I think it was you that I spoke to. And I told yeah. you he was going to do that yeah. in August. And you said, oh, I never heard anything about that. And I said, oh, yeah. yeah. He's not going to run. Yeah. I don't remember that conversation, <laughs> yeah, Peter, but, 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 but I, I thank you word for it. Jack is getting up there. He's, I think he's in his 80s now. So he, uh, Jack uh, is, as a matter of fact. Jack is in his um, 80s, I think. Yeah. But uh, he will be missed. And uh, uh, as you said, that the hidden finger of Mr. Nebrega, he didn't say a lot at the school committees. No, but he knew he, how to get things done. Had, yeah, and yeah. I mean, when I first got here, people told me he was the patronage king, sure. that he was the guy who, if you needed a job, that's you'd, what you did. you'd call him up. And People have argued that that's one of the reasons why the school system has not performed as well as it might because there was so much patronage in it. I'm not saying it that, that they're right, but that argument that has been, been made as an for argument a long time. Sure, and that okay. was the argument they were making, making changes in the schools and how school districts are set and get rid of the patronage in all the school mm. systems and reduce the power of the school committee to do some of the things it could do and turn it yeah. over to the superintendents and to the principals. And that's what they did. But, but technically, with every, every form, every form uh, the school committee doesn't uh, have a role in the hiring anymore. Nope. But all they have to do is pick up the phone and talk to the superintendent. That's right, which means they have to be on good terms and with the superintendent. Every superintendent, including uh, Pia Durkin, has gotten along well with Jack Nebrega. Right. I mean, right. well, she figured out. Nebrega uh, had nothing but good things to say right. about Dirk, and much to the shock of, of many people. Well, she figured out that keeping him happy and pleased and in her corner was <laughs> worthwhile doing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, find yeah. Out, you find out who's in charge early on. Yeah. You, know? you, learn, you learn not to uh, anger them or upset them too much. Exactly. Because you want to keep, keep everything on an even keel. 
I would have to um, uh, take the same approach as you, is that I would find it very difficult to predict the um, school committee race. Um, uh, Porter is a um, teacher, uh, an assistant principal, I believe. I believe he is. And John Oliveira has long been active on school issues, um, an involved parent, as he points out, the only parent of school-aged children in the system now. Uh, so you the, know, the question comes down to... Retired veteran, also. Who do the teachers who live in the city and who do the teachers who live outside the city campaign for in the city? Who do they like? And I don't know who they like. Have, have teachers union locally endorsed anybody? I don't. I do not think, think so. the teachers union, unlike the police and fire, police have and gotten fire into have, this I don't think with election. The I haven't seen them. Nope. You know, someone said to me the other day. Yes, there were a lot of teachers at the um, uh, debate at the Gome School, but we have not heard the teachers union endorse a candidate. No. So that's so kind of that's interesting. Kind of, and were the teachers there for the school committee, or were they for the mayors? Yeah. Which, which one? Uh, both, because they were both there. How do you, we don't know. Yeah. You know, nobody pulled the teachers yeah. in the room. Yeah. I should correct myself. My, my impression is they have not endorsed. If they have yeah. endorsed, it's been very quiet. If, if they have, I, I haven't heard it. And I would have think somebody would have quoted it from the rooftops. Yeah. But nobody said anything. I would think you'd be having a campaign uh, ad on that. You'd be telling everybody. Somebody would saying, I, I, I'm so-and-so running and I've been endorsed yeah. by the whatever. In recent years, the um, <laughs> union has been working together with the administration a little better. There hasn't been quite as much of the the um, uh, I know Lou St. John oftentimes emphasizes that give us a seat at the table and if you give us a seat at the table then the reforms we'll, you come up with will we'll have teacher buy-in we'll be able to work through it yeah. Yeah. so but we haven't heard anything really to, to say so I can't make a prediction on that I don't think anybody could okay so, let's go on to Ward 1 where we have um, okay. Melissa Costa uh, uh, a, a social worker in yeah. William Brad Markey who yeah. is a, uh, a salesman yeah. and a uh, member of the extended Markey family yeah he's a, he's a cousin one of the cousins uh, it's the first time running for both of them hmm. uh, they were only 22 votes apart um, studying the precincts list now, I always take a look at the precincts I didn't do this in Ward 5 by the way so hmm. I never got a chance to see them but hmm. Ward 1 Melissa did very well in every single precinct, did about the same, like 30-odd votes or 40 votes in all seven precincts. Brad Markey did a few like that, but then he did a real big one up in 1D. That's what got him into that second spot. Um, normally, like I say, the one who comes in first usually rolls to the victory, but here, because they're so close, you can't make that assumption. Yeah, not always, though. Not I remember um, Tony Cabral finished first in the preliminary. I know he did. But, uh, and John uh, Mitchell beat him in the John Mitchell final. campaigned him. Yeah. And also the folks that came out came out to Ed Mitchell. Here, my suspicion is that Markey will pick this up. He's been on the radio. He's got his signs out. I know he's done a big postcard. Yeah. He's gone out. Now, Melissa Costa did a postcard in the primary, which got handed to voters just before the election. Uh -huh. And nobody else mailed anybody anything, as far as I know. They've been out putting things on doors, but unless you open the front door, you won't get it. So the, getting it in the mail mailbox is crucial. And I suspect that because Markey has done that, or is doing that this week, it's being done. Uh, like this is being done. Well, I think it is. In any case, well, I'm not sure. I, I don't get it because I don't live in Ward 1. So I think he has, but I know that Melissa's probably going to go back and redo the postcards again. I, I, it, there used to be a way to do postcards, and we yes. used to do it. We used to go down the street, and the first postcard in the first election would go to back, back across the street, every other one. Mm -hmm. The second set of postcards, which was printed like the first one, would go to the opposite set of people. Mm -hmm. So over the whole election cycle, you would have gotten both sets of people. 
and you only send one to a house. It's the, you know, the Smith family or the Jones family. It's not John Smith and Mary Smith, and each one gets a postcard. That's a really waste of money. So you send out a family postcard. That's all you got to do is get the nice big picture in there, a nice picture, nice name, big letters, and nice few, say a few nice things and get that name in the door so they can read it before they throw it away. <laughs> so I'm with you on this one. I, I like both candidates. Um, we had them into our editorial board. Yep. Uh, Melissa uh, was very professional. Uh, uh, Brad also. Uh, I think that both of them sounded moderate. They, they didn't seem extreme. Uh, both of them will be competent counselors. Um, uh, I think Brad Mackey will win in the end just because, from what I know of this city, the Mackey name still carries the a lot carries of cachet. 5%. John Mackey Jr. is still very active uh, uh, with uh, the mayor. and uh, uh, So I think that they will uh, come come through. You know, Costa uh, is a Portuguese name. That may uh, uh, count for something. Ward 1 is an interesting ward. It's sort of like um, Ward 5 in that some of the most influential people, uh, movers and shakers in the city, come out of Ward 1. Yeah. You know, we have Linda Morad, you know, uh, Jim Oliveira. Uh, so, you know, Dennis Farias before, Dennis Farias before, before. them. So... Uh, we're going to see, but I, I think that um, th- this race is a, a race between two professional people who uh, uh, the voters would be well served by either, either one. one. Uh, I've always viewed the North End beyond Tarkin Hill Road as the village that's connected to the city. Yeah. Because it's... it's very the, suburban well, up there. Yes, very suburban, and it's, it's, got, it's got the banks now yeah. because of the new development. It's got a hospital, some sort of unit up there, yeah. dental offices all over the place, gas stations, banks, yeah. some restaurants. Now you've got the new pub uh, 65 just opening up, the old uh, 6 Bristol. Yeah. That's opening up. So that's got an area, but so it's got all that stuff up there, and it's expanded over the last 50 years. But it's like the village, the suburban village attached to the big city. Watch Sassaquin. Sassaquin is a high-voting uh, high voting neighborhood. District. I'm told on Halloween night, the poor people in Sassaquin, it's a beautiful little area, and the road goes right around the pond. Yes. And it's very safe, and people come from everywhere who don't even live in Sassaquin to trick-or-treat sure. on Halloween night. And I think that the voters may be the same. There's a lot of signs in Sassaquin. I took a drive up the other day. Um, I imagine that any door-to-door that could be done has been done in Sassaquin. I'm sure it has because it's easy to do. Of yeah. the, whole, the whole area, that's an easy one. Yeah. Do you remember who won, who won in the um, preliminary? Yeah, Melissa came in with the okay. 22 votes ahead of Brad okay. Markey. Okay. 22 votes. But uh, in the Sassaquin neighborhoods Oh, Sassaquin neighborhoods, uh, that's 1D. 1D, Brad took that. Okay. Yeah, he got the 80-odd votes. Yeah. There. I think he lives in that area he also. He yeah. lives somewhere off the pond. And uh, that's the area. Of course, the mayor just did something for them with the pond. He's put this cleaning unit in there to yeah. uh, try to clean the pond up because the pond's been a problem for years because of what grows in there and everything else. Yeah. So he had, some, he, had, he had an article in the paper about it. Your paper, I think, it was on the radio. They had a dedication up there of this sort of, I, I, I may get this wrong, I think it's called a jellyfish cleaner of some sort, and that it cleans some of the pollution in the pond. So the mayor did something for them up there. So, yeah. you know, and that's his heavy voting area. He does very well in Ward 1. Yeah. So. Let's move on to Ward 2. Next we have a, a very interesting race that yes. might... Um, pit the uh, present of the city versus the future of the city. Not that both of them are not forward-looking, because they are, but Maria Giesta, a skin of a a Portuguese ethnic family that ran a restaurant in the area and um, was an aide to Bonnie Frank, John Kerry, uh, ran for mayor two years ago, uh, and um, Edwin Cartagena, who is uh, active in the Latino community, just went down to Puerto Rico uh, with a bunch of aid. There are a lot of Puerto Ricans coming to the city right now who are 
in uh, seeking to escape right. distressed uh, conditions down in Puerto Rico. Um, how do you see that one? Maria Giesta. Okay. You said right. that pretty firmly. Yeah. yeah. yeah hands down. Yeah. And uh, why is that, Peter? Because she ran two years ago for mayor, and she didn't make it, and the voters in New Bedford forgive you. If you try hard, then you try for something yeah. else, they come to you. Yeah. And she's very personable, yeah. and she comes across well. She's been going to things, and I think that they're just going to come to her and give her a chance because she ran for the mayor and didn't make it. But the voters here forgive you, and they, they do yeah. do that for you. So I think she picks it up. Yeah. We had that situation with Linda Morad when she ran for exactly. mayor. Uh, she finished third, and then she finished first in the at-large ballot, which she hadn't run before. Yeah. Uh, well, David Alves she, ran for mayor. He lost running for mayor. Next year, they put him back in. Put him back in. You know, and Brian Gomes kept yeah. getting back in every time. He ran for mayor and didn't make it. And he, got, he was appointed back, but then he ran again and again yeah. and again. So it happens. So, so I agree with you that uh, Jester is probably the favorite um, in that race. Um, my take on it is that uh, the Portuguese uh, are more likely to get out and vote right now. Not that the Latinos will not eventually, right. but early stages of immigration, people don't vote in as high numbers as they do in, and, in later stages. And you said that the Latin uh, people, the Puerto Ricans, are coming into the city now. Well, yes, they're United States citizens, but they're not registered voters in New Bedford. Well, that's a blanket statement. I don't know well, if I, I would... Well, no, they're just coming in from Puerto Rico. They haven't been here, so they oh, haven't had a chance but to register. But that's the largest I mean. Latino population in the city is, yes. is Puerto Rican. Yes, it is, but the ones just coming in, and you said they were coming in, oh. they have not had a chance to register to vote. Oh, no, I just meant um, so they're they coming have... in in that it's an issue because an issue. Um, it will affect the school systems. It will. Uh, they will be um, seeking shelter. And, uh, and that's all things we should provide because they are American citizens and they're absolutely. in a time of need. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. But as far as being a large voting block at this point in time. Right. Now, next election, if they choose to stay here and they become registered voters, they could become a real voting block, especially in Ward 2. Yeah. That would happen down the road. Yeah, uh, I have not seen a successful Latino candidate in the 18 years I've been here. We had well, maybe the, the time has come. The guy who was appointed to the school committee, I forget his name now, uh, but he did not win re-election. No. Um, well, uh, I think one of the challenges uh, might be that uh, a significant portion of the Central Americans are undocumented, well, so it is harder for them to they, they, they just, become they, citizens They're not a voting block at all. Actually. Well, no, uh, but, but uh, unless people, they can become... Unless they become citizens and become a, become a registered when voters... They, when they get legal status, they can. They will then. Yes. And then but that assumes that they choose to stay here. They may decide to go somewhere else. Yeah. After all, once the country is wide open at that point, they can move to somewhere with different kinds of jobs yeah. or other types of economic development. I think the Latino population is going to be an increasing political force in the cities. And um, we will is. hear from them. Next, we go over to Ward 4 which is a very close race in the um, uh, <laughs> Three preliminary apart. election. Three votes apart. And this ward has gone back and forth in my time. We had, I think when I first came, we had Jojo Forts, and then we went to uh, uh, who's called the good Joe, Joe Andrade for a term. Joe Andrade for one term. And then Forts came back in. Yes, he and did. And then we had Bruce... Um, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm having Bruce a senior moment. Bruce Duarte having a senior moment. Um, <laughs> Bruce Duarte. Let's not talk about senior moments. Served a couple terms and was the president of yes. the council. Yeah. And then um, uh, Dana Ribeiro came Dana and beat him. Dana beat him. And she's now seeking her third term. She says she won't, uh, won't run again. seek a, a fourth, but JoJo has come very close. Three votes. Did you know there were three write-in votes on those that day? If those three write-ins went to JoJo, this would be a dead-tied race. So anybody who thinks that your vote doesn't count, it counts. Oh, sure. I've seen a number of three number of these one or two votes, one or two. This could be another yeah. one. So, and I don't think you can pick a winner out of this at all. Uh, there seems to be no, no Jump way. ball. Okay. Yeah, throw it in the air. Who knows? It could be yeah. anybody. Yeah. Uh, because it, all, it, may, it may depend. The weather's supposed to be good, I guess, Tuesday. That might affect it. 
Um, depends how many voters come out there for Charlie Perry. Yeah. Because the Ward 4 is stomping ground to a great degree. Does that help one of, one of the other of these candidates? A big vote for Charlie Perry and Ward 4? I don't know if either one of them is actually aligned with Charlie Perry. I haven't heard. I haven't yeah. heard either. Yeah. So maybe under the surface, there's a lot more going on under the surface yeah. that we don't know. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I couldn't pick a winner on that. I don't think you can, unless, yeah. you, unless you've got a crystal ball that I don't know about. No, I, I couldn't. Sometimes I wonder if you – know, I have seen candidates who did very well in the preliminary have, have a ceiling right. and not be able to get higher. Uh, I've seen this ward go back and forth. If I had to guess, I would say Ribeiro probably is the favorite because she has beaten him significantly. He yeah. has raised an issue about her attendance yeah. that I think might have some resonance. Um, but she also is um, – uh, very well respected that the Coalition for Social Justice, yeah. uh, whether you agree or disagree with them, is a, a significant force that has force shown it can turn out voters. And it can turn out voters, uh, it has shown. So, uh, But once again, he almost did it to her in the primary, and, yeah. and the primary campaigns were not anything great. So I don't know how to figure this one out. It's okay. just very tight. I, I don't even want to throw a coin in the air and find out. Okay. Do you have a, do you have a different opinion? I don't. No, I, I think it's very close. I think Dana close. is probably slightly favored because she has beaten him twice. And, and, you know, but then again, uh, of course, she has been there now four years, yeah. and it could be they're willing to go back and try something else by, yeah. by about 10 votes. Yeah. It's going to be very close this okay. year. And then the next one is your ward, five. Ward 5, uh, where we have Scott Lima and, and uh, Paul, Paul Chase. I, is it Paul Chase? Because yeah. I've heard it pronounced Chassis. It too. could be Chassis, but I, I think it's Chase. He pronounces it Chase. I think he does okay. on the radio, yeah. He, he okay. pronounces it in the, the flat English type pronunciation. Okay. Uh, French-Canadian name, it sounds like. Uh, I suspect it is. Yeah. He's involved with real estate. I don't know that, so I should say that. Okay. <laughs> He's involved with real estate. Scott Lima's got a realtor's license, so they're both in the real estate field. Uh, he... He advertises now. He's on the advertising. Uh, Scott who, Lima. Who is? Paul Chase. Chase, okay. on, on the radio. Uh, Scott Lima has not gotten on the radio. At least I have not heard it. Uh, time is kind of running out. But then again, Scott didn't uh, advertise on the radio in the primary. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 100 and some odd votes. Yeah. No, when he was at our editorial board, uh, Scott said that he had won the primary by the largest margin in the city. Uh, uh, well, I haven't. Well, I Check that out. I don't know whether that's percentage-wise or, or numbers-wise. 130 votes ahead of Chase. Well, Mitchell big, was more than that, but it was a citywide race. No, no, but I mean in Ward 5 was 130 right. votes. Right. And so, that's about 130. Yeah. And that's a big spread. In a ward. In a ward, especially with a 9% yeah. turnout. Yeah. So, and that's very interesting because I didn't think Scott had that much carry across most of the ward. Yeah. But apparently he... Uh, has more than we thought. He's been all over the place. I do know that. But I think Mr. Chase has been all over the place. They've each had fundraisers. I know Chase has been on street corners uh -huh. with a sign waving out there. But you, but you couldn't Despite get my column. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't get around Rockdale Avenue and Camden Street last weekend on Saturday. You had about three, three or four candidates. Everybody uh -huh. all, all in there waving their, all their signs. Well, that's the old days. The old days were great. You know? We don't see that that much anymore. No, you don't. No. So, uh, so I think... I think Scott can probably pull this off. He has the plurality coming out of the primary to roll it. But he can't lay back on his haunches and, because Chase is not. Mm -hmm. Chase is pushing toward it. Yeah, this, is a, this, this race reminds me a little of Ward 1. I think you have two quality candidates. Uh, you do. I think the voters you know, could go either way. It's either way. hard to say. I, I would say that 
you have to pay attention by the very strong finish that, that Lima had that, in the, in that's, the primary. That's the key to this. And right I would here. think that he would hold on because so. that, that, that just is a, uh, a significant. It, well, it was a, what was it, a four-man race or a four-person five, race? Five people. Five-person race. And Nelson Macedo came in third. And to finish with that much, I think, was impressive. Very impressive. But, um, uh, you know, they're both well-known candidates, both uh, professional, uh, competent people. Uh, I don't have any reason. I, I, I think that... Um, Lima may be a little bit to the left of Chase, but I don't know that I don't for a know. fact. He's, like, I, know he's, I know he's worked uh, in business and things all the years, so yeah. he, can't be, he can't be that much left. Oh, no, no. I, 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 they, don't know, I, I think don't they're know, both moderate. I don't really know Chase's politics at all. Yeah. I've never had a chat, chat with him about it. Well, I haven't had a chat with Lima either about it. So I don't know either of their politics okay. as to which way they actually fall on the, yeah. the middle spectrum. They're both moderate. So I, I, I think that'll be interesting. Uh, one of the questions we asked um, at the editorial board was, um, what is your feeling about... Um, uh, upper management positions uh, in city residents. Do you have to be a city resident for upper management, not you know uh, rank and file positions? And almost across the board, everybody was wanted uh, the preference to be given to city residents. And um, some of them were willing to have waivers. I can't recall exactly which ones now, but um, so I, I'm wondering which of these candidates should they get on the council will be more open to the mayor because we really haven't seen a council that wants to hear almost anything from him. It reminds me a little bit of Scott Lang's last year where he could not get an appointment through. Right, couldn't do it. So the longer a mayor is in office, the more the council begins to feel their oats. Well, a number of councils always want to think they want to be mayor. They a number of them, them do. They always have their dream, you know. <laughs> Would you like to name them? <laughs> no, but we, like, we can know who they might be. We know be. who they are. And yeah. it grows with new councilors coming in. After they've yeah. been there a little while, they begin to feel that, oh, the urge is there, you know. Oh. I'm going to go forward and become mayor. Uh, there's two issues within this. One is I think the city contract they just did, it was in the, in the paper the other day, that they actually put a full residency requirement on the city workers under AFSCME. If they're hired, they have to stay in the city for the length of their employment. Yes. Which means they have to start living in the city when they're hired. And if they go into management, they would have to stay. Uh, yes, obviously. Or, or, or would well, they be bound no. by it? Because once you're in management, you're not in the union, right? Right, you're not in the union. So this doesn't... Now, normally, a lot of things that the union does follows the Schedule C. Yeah. That, but this doesn't say that anywhere in any article. Second thing... It was is, a very odd thing, I thought, to have a I contract. thought that I was surprised the union would go for it. Yeah. I wondered about that. I said, what's the driving force on this? Because they've never gone for it before. Huh. So but I said, that was a real interesting item. However, with the, with the waivers, I think it's fine you can give somebody a year to get in here and move in here. When somebody's granted a waiver from the city to move to get a job, they agree that they're going to move into the city. They don't get the waiver and they're not going to move into the city. They agree they're going to move in, unless it's granted something like EMS. EMS is a little different situation. But regular management positions like treasurer, auditor, and all those, they're supposed to give you, they're basically making a deal with you. You hire me for the year, and I will move in and get an address in the city. The next year, when the thing waiver comes back and they haven't done any of that, they haven't gotten an address in the city, or they haven't moved in or anything else, it'd be nice if the council would ask them, why haven't you done what you promised to do? Why haven't you moved into the city? Or have you tried to sell your house? Or have you got an apartment in the city? Or what have you? Our former city, our current city treasurer, not the former one, the current one, they made her move in the city. She had to move in. She had to have an address in the city, an apartment. She finally moved in. She, has, she lives in the house in the city. Very nice. But she had to do that, and she did that. 
but then it gets to the other people, and well, no. Well, I think you know. I think each case is different, and well, I think I, that that's true, the case that I think of is yeah. um, Ari Sky, the chief financial officer, oh, he's in. who everybody would agree has done a wonderful job, wonderful job. But he was not a resident of the city when he was hired. No. And in but fact, he, he was in. coming from Washington D.C. He moved to the city, bought a house, and that was great. But if you had a, a, a draconian ordinance. He would not be considered, and someone at that level with his talents, who has well, universally yeah. agreed to have put the books, the books of New Bedford on a better footing than they've ever right. been, the bond rating has yes. gone up. Uh, but what I uh, said was that you grant a waiver, and you can grant the waiver for a year, which gives you plenty of time, and that's what they did, and he moved in. I didn't say you didn't grant the waiver. I said that you could grant one, but well, they have well, to Well, that's come the in. Peter Barney po- that's policy. That's my policy. I'm just <laughs> talking about, about what, what the council is willing to go for. Well, the, I don't right know what the council would Because some of them didn't want uh, book or anything. You live oh, in the city, you don't. Like, well, you know. we never we never could hire the uh, yeah. that position because we never could get the money funded. Which position? The Harry Sky's position. Yes. This was a recommendation of the Department of Revenue way back when Scott Lang was first elected mm-hmm. mayor, and we never could get the council to appropriate the money. They so would you not. couldn't advertise the position because you couldn't tell anybody what the salary and was. And that was the high, the whole six years of Lang's yeah, uh, mayorship. He could not get and it. I won't tell you which council it was that held it up, but I do know. <laughs> and the fact is that you couldn't get it. Yeah. And so it, it languished. And Mitchell was lucky enough to get them to do it. I'm going to make you tell me next time. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, so now we'll end up our, our session with the at-large race. We have five incumbents. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can name them off, off the top of my head. Brian Gomes, Linda Morad, Ian Abu, Debbie Coelho, and Naomi Carney. Right. And then we have two challenges, um, Michael Jansen and Christopher Borrell. Well, yeah. uh, Dr. Dr. Borrell. Dr. Borrell. I'm, I'm an equal opportunity person. I, yeah. I, I'll give them their doctor once and that's yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so the, uh, all quality candidates are people that you know, uh, have, have different interests and different levels. What do you see there? Well, this is, this is another one that's going to be very odd. The odds favor the five incumbents because the other two gentlemen, even though Dr. Oh, Dr. Burrow, I'll do it because I'll, I'll give him the courtesy. That's you have to follow education. me. Uh, he, he's advertising on the radio. I'm not altogether pleased with his ads. I listen to them, and he's, he's basically making comments about back, uh, backroom deals and everything else. And I think if you make those kind of comments, you've got to be able to back that up. And so far, I haven't heard any backup of any kind of backyard deal. And I can tell you from having worked in the last administration and part of this administration, I don't know of any backyard deals. Both of these mm-hmm. administrations have been extremely clean about what goes on and how things were done. Uh, so I'm kind of a little concerned about that. That's kind of a charge to throw. and You've got to back those things up. Uh, Michael Jansen, everybody knows Michael Jansen. He's run for this thing since he was born, virtually. <laughs> and, uh, and he's been very lucky. I mean, he had a serious medical problem a couple of years ago, and he survived it. He was very lucky. Um, I know he was out there sign-waving on primary day because I ran across him out of my precinct. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it today so I can remind them. Um, he doesn't have a lot of money to spend on this. The councils at large have almost all begun advertising on the radio. Gomes hasn't yet, as far as I know, but Morad's on, Carney's on. Uh, we're missing. Oh, Ian, Abro, Ian Abreu's on all the time. So you, you see all five of them getting yeah, in? Yeah, probably. Once again, yeah. it's one, two, three, four, five, yeah. and six. And yeah. the six, the six, normally six would be Dr. Burrow in the middle, but Jansen's much, well, much more well-known based on its history of votes. You know, he once got 8,000 votes running for mayor against Tierney. I don't know if you remember that or not. That was, a, was that before you got here? No, you were here. Yes. Yes. Yes, I yes. was here. That and was a sizable number of votes. Yes, I think that was a send a message vote. They had probably. Uh, well, I, I think um, actually I was not here. I came just after Tierney was mayor, and yep. but my what I've been told is that there were some pre- tr- problems in the treasurer's office. There were, and, um, and I could, I'm not going to that here. But yeah. I, I knew I know about what was going on over there. 
the, and the, uh, there was just sort of a protest vote. It was, it was, mm-hmm. but he did very well without really doing anything. This time, but there are some candidates, people who will vote for to send a message. Right. But if they thought they would actually be elected, they wouldn't do that. Well, the funny part about this time is maybe after all these years, suddenly in a small election, he gets in by ten votes. Yeah. It's not impossible. Brian Gomes ran five times before he got in. Yeah. Over and over, and finally, all of a sudden, and it was the year after he failed to. If I if I get this right, it was the year after he failed to file on time that they put him in. Yeah. And that was astounding. But they put him right in. That was it. They rewarded him. Who knows? Michael could possibly yeah. pull this off. So I think Brian Gomes might be vulnerable. Uh, uh, so this seems uh, to be an undercurrent. Uh, so he listed his occupation as city councilor, and uh, people will have to make up their minds uh, about that. But uh, uh, he could get he could get reelected. Also, he's oh, yes. um, oh, certainly uh, been in office for a long, long time. I, I don't think he'll be second. Uh, we'll have to see. He, um, uh, but, I, but I wouldn't so, say. I, I would it's, say it's sort of like um, Donald Trump. A lot of people are voting for you, but they don't mention that they are voting for you because well, they don't want to tell the pollsters. Yeah, well, it's hard to do this. This, this race, once again, it's, it's one that, once again, nobody really seems to care much at the moment. We have, we have a very uncaring electorate. They don't go to the polls. They don't seem to do what they used to do. And I don't know if this is a symptomatic across the whole country or just here, but people are not, uh, they're not getting out. The one thing you should do is get out to vote. So we had a 9.5% turnout, 9.4%, I think, in the preliminary election. Two years ago, we only had 7%. I know. Oh, it's a little better. In the preliminary, so it's (laughs) a little better. Uh, And then in the final election two years ago, um, uh, uh, trying to think of his name, Manny DeBrito, a wonderful new uh, election commissioner, a very affable man, said that we had 22% election in the final, and given that we had 2% higher in the preliminary, he thought that we might go to 25 or 30%. That's uh, really year. high uh. for a race that hasn't generated anything. I mm. won't say it's impossible. You don't think there's some excitement in the city with the Perry campaign and all well, that? Well, I think the Perry campaign generated some, but once again, I don't see Perry spending a huge amount of money to generate that, that, that yeah. generation. It's very hard for new candidates to run in an election in any, any place. They have to have enough money to start with so they don't have to go out and raise it. They have to have enough name recognition that they can either get it by raising money and spending it or have name recognition across the city to begin with. It's very difficult for new candidates. They get that over time. That's why it's very sad when somebody runs for an election and they lose and they disappear. Okay. That's an investment that you have spent of money and other people's money and time and everything and you don't make it and you say, oh, well, that's enough of that and go home. Huh. Come back the next time. People yeah. will come to you. Persistence does pay yeah. off here. Yeah. And well, so that's, that's maybe Charlie will win. Maybe he'll lose and come back the next time. We're going to well, see. Well, you could be seeing that kind of a trend. We just don't know that that you know pe- these things build over time. So mm-hmm. and also it takes some time for a new candidate to learn how to do it. Uh, I can uh, I know one candidate. I won't mention his name either, but he basically ignored the small precincts in the city. He was running citywide, and he went to the big ones. But he got all the small ones with the tenements and the small areas and the Portuguese. So he didn't bother with those. Because, wow, well, you know, we didn't need to do that, right? The trick with the small precincts in the citywide election is when they vote for you, they give you a big percentage. Not a huge number of votes, but a big percentage. In other words, you might get 177 votes, and you'll get 100 and some odd to the other person's getting 60. Something like that. They add up. They add up. Those percentage numbers add up in the small precincts. 
The big precinct might go for you 40, 52 to 48, but any means auto votes, but it's not a big percentage. So the little precincts really count here. The inner city precincts do really count. Okay. Even small numbers. So on Tuesday, we're going to watch the inner city precincts. We're going well, to watch the small yes. precincts and the big precincts. We're going to watch all the precincts. And we'll see what happens. It's been a, a, a lot of fun talking to you, it Peter. It always has been. And um, uh, we'll see you Tuesday on November 7th uh, when yep. the election takes place. This has been All Politics. Thank you. You're welcome. Get out and vote, please.